Hello and welcome to the There's More podcast. I'm Karen. And I'm Rachel. And we're helping women dream bigger, pray bolder, and live empowered. Today we are interviewing our friend Melanie McDaniel of Tennessee, and she is going to share a really I mean, a story that I cannot even imagine happening to me of yeah. adopting five children whose mother passed away and um, and really just how those children led her into her own healing right, right. and the things that she didn't know that she didn't know. And yeah. it's just a beautiful story of forgiveness for herself. Mm-hmm. And I don't want you to miss this. Welcome yeah. to the There's More podcast. Well, welcome to the There's More podcast. Melanie McDaniel is joining us today, and we are so excited, Melanie, to have you on the podcast and to hear your story. I mean, we first kind of um, met you a few years ago through a mutual friend, Ginger, in Tennessee. So Melanie lives, um, you know, part-time in Tennessee and part-time in Florida, and I did not know your full story, but you took Father's House and a lot of things have happened since then, which has been an amazing. But will you just start and tell us kind of from the beginning how you're raised and a little bit about your story, and then we'll go from there. Sure, absolutely. Um, well, going all the way back to my childhood, I was not brought up in a Christian home at all. As a matter of fact, my mom left our home when I was seven, and I was the oldest of three at the time. Mm. And so I was pretty much raised by my dad, and he is a Vietnam veteran wow. who left the war, but the war never left him. Wow. And um, he he's still to this day, he knows the Lord. He found the Lord at 42, but he... Um, it, the trauma is deep yeah. and, um, he, it, it was just a, it was a violent atmosphere. He, he was not abusive towards us. He was, he's actually a very loving man. And so it just created this very tense environment mm-hmm. in our home mm-hmm. for, you know, until I was 18 years old. Mm-hmm. And, um, so my mom was sort of in and out of our lives and, and so automatically, you know, not a great foundation. Um, by the time I was 18, I moved out with my boyfriend and found myself pregnant um, at 19. And then he decided we, we were engaged to be married in just a few months. He decided he was not interested. Mm-hmm. So uh, he, he just felt like it was too much. So he, he left. And so by the time I was 20, I was a mom of a beautiful little girl. And um, from there, you know, it was just a rocky foundation. I I did find the Lord. I had an amazing cousin that came to me. She heard that I was pregnant and she came to my little apartment, brought her pastor and pastor's wife, and they invited me to church, shared the gospel with me. And, you know, I had hit rock bottom. I was terrified for my daughter. So I had nowhere to go. So sitting in my bed one night, I just said, Jesus, if you're real, I need you. Mm -hmm. And from that moment on, it was unbelievable how the Lord just released miracle after miracle over mm-hmm. my life. Mm-hmm. But not having a strong foundation, um, <laughs> just in the basics of life, based yeah. on how I was brought up, yeah. um, I continued to make a lot of big mistakes, just yeah. bad mistakes. And mm-hmm. um, mistakes that were painful for me, for, for my daughters. And so until I was about 27 or 28, just... Um, really just struggling, um, with, with my personal life and, 
um, really my relationship with the Lord, mm-hmm. um, just because I became angry with him because some things that I felt like as a relatively new Christian that he should be doing in my life mm-hmm. um, and, and and making happen for me were not happening. So I just thought, you know, you, Lord, I, I'm just mad at you. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of walked away from him for a few years in my late 20s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, when, when, when I became a believer. Um, I was so young. It, it was really a sweet time. I was pregnant. I was very young and Jesus just swooped in and knocked me off my feet. And so uh, John 10, 10 became my life first when I heard that, you know, I am come that they may have life and have it abundantly. I held on to that for dear life, but I was a bit of an ideal idealist. So I kind of <laughs> felt like he was just going to give it to me, that it was not a partnership, that it was just going to happen no matter, you know, what, how I live my life or what choices I made. And so, you know, I grew a little bitter when I wasn't seeing that manifesting in my life, you know? Right. And, um, so definitely struggled in my twenties and, um, ultimately I met my husband when I was around 28 or 29 and we got married when I was 31 and that's really what brought me back to the Lord because I kind of looked back over, over my life and I was starting to mature finally. And honestly, my husband and I both, we, we had both been through bitter divorces and um, we just, we had pushed the Lord away. But when we found each other, we found hope again. And we were like, okay, Lord, maybe there is hope for us. And for both of us, there was so much shame. Mm-hmm. Um you know, for choices we had made, we were living, you know, with, um, you know, living with our choices, with the consequences. And so, but we came back to the Lord and together, and we were just so gracious to find or grateful to find each other mm-hmm. that, that it gave us hope. Mm-hmm. And from there, our relationship with him just grew beautifully. Mm. And because of the, the things that we'd experienced in the past, we just had a new appreciation for each other and, yeah. and, and knew how to respect one another. And along the way, we um, we were working in a ministry together that I'd started in inner city Nashville, where I had heard that there were children who were hungry and there was food in the pantry from the local food bank, but they didn't know how to open a can because they didn't know how to open use a can opener. Mm. And so that was very stressful for me. Mm. And so I started a ministry where I started teaching um, middle school girls basic cooking skills. And I partnered with the um, local community centers right in the heart of the government housing communities. And um, so along the way, I met a little family um, and a mom that lived there across the street from one of the community centers and getting to know them. I quickly realized that, you know, there were definitely some issues there. Mom let me into her life and let me help with the children. There were five of them and long story short, I, I really got to know the little girl, Genesis, who was, um, she was 10 when I first met her Mm. and, um, Mm -hmm got to know her really well, fell in love with her and, and got to know her siblings a little mom ultimately passed away. And because we had been involved in their lives, we were the first ones to get the call. Will you, will you take these children? Mm. And 
we our youngest was every time you I know. tell us i'm like what are you oh, talking about i mean I, there's a similar story here it, in atlanta it, of that and i'm just like always blown away <clears throat> so many yeah it, it, it was a shock to our system because you know on one hand because i'd grown to love genesis so much and yeah. Um, the, the other children were just adorable and the DCS had told us that if we didn't take them, they were going to be split up Man, and you know, I get emotional just thinking about it because yes. our youngest was about to go off to college. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And we sat together and cried and we just said, we don't want to do this. But it had been so clear yeah. that it was meant for us. Yeah, the Lord. Ha- I mean, just if you put if you just put it out on a timeline and just mm-hmm. see how it all unfolded, it was meant for us. Mm-hmm. And we just decided together that you know it was a lot, and we felt unprepared. Yeah, and it it was a lot. Yeah. Um, but we just decided that we would rather. We would not want to live the rest of our life wondering mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what God had for us mm-hmm. or had for those children. Yeah. And so we decided we were going to go for it. Yeah. You know, um, at the time we thought we were crazy, you know, but a friend of mine recently referred to it as radical obedience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I would say that was it. It was saying, you know, Lord, we trust you, even though this is terrifying. Yeah. Um, we did the math on how old we would be when yeah. the five-year-old was out of the house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and we were just like, oh, my goodness. And and I had been a mom since I was 20. And we had, you yeah. know, lots of dreams and plans for when our youngest went right. off. You know, she, she was due to go to college in six months. Yeah. And so we, um, but, you know, but, but so, so we did it. We went for it. And it was, it, that was um, about four and a half years ago. Mm. And it has been very very difficult and um just between you know the two of us being grossly you know inadequate for the job um Mm. and having to rely so heavily on the lord but not doing that the way we should have been Mm. um and then you have four little children and you're working them through their own trauma right and um, for me, I'm super empathetic. And so I have a hard time not taking on yeah. the pain of my friends and loved ones. And so, yeah. um, that, that it's, it's been a challenging four and a half years. And, and really that's what drove me, uh, to this conversation, to be honest, because along the way I'd met Ginger Rivella, who we all know <laughs> and love. And she was talking a lot about, um, never alone. And through that, I learned about be still. And uh, so I discovered um, you guys on Instagram at the end of 2020. And I think somewhere in that era, you were launching Father's House. Uh And I was living in Florida at the time. And I thought, you know, I am falling apart here. I mean, Mm. I was four years into this thing with the kids, Mm. maybe three and a half. Mm. Um, I can't even do the math anymore. That my children so never expect you to do math. <laughs> yeah. I just know it, it was a lot going on. Mm-hmm. And and I was I was truly falling apart. And I didn't understand because I was like, Lord, I know you. Yeah. I know you called us to this. Yeah. Why 
am I falling apart? I had lost my will to live. Mm. I mean, I was, we were so in deep with um, lots of issues at home, um, you know, just trying to manage the trauma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. thinking I was relying on the Lord. And to a degree, I, we definitely were. Sure. And was it um, also kind of playing into your own woundedness, your own personal woundedness? Well, that's that's where this, you know, kind of all started coming to a head. I was realizing I, I would watch these children and I would hear them say things or I would find out bits and pieces of what had happened to them in the past from their stories. Mm-hmm. And I would think, that That's you. was me too. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how? There's no way I survived that mm-hmm. because I'd gone through life thinking, oh, I dealt with my trauma. Or right. It kind of rolled off my back because mm-hmm. I'm tough, mm-hmm. you know, and I started recognizing myself in mm-hmm. them. Yeah. And at, that's where. I really started falling apart and and I actually started seeking out counseling because I'm thinking I need to deal with my own trauma so I can walk them through their trauma. Right. <laughs> and, and and I went to this one highly recommended counselor and they just kept saying, yes, you have a, a cracked foundation. And I'm just like, yes, I know that, yeah. you know, Very and they're aware. like, well, Very <laughs> aware. thank you. Like, I'm paying you to do what? To, and, for you to tell me that. <laughs> it's like, you need more faith. You need more faith. And I said, you know, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I, I, I get that. I said, but I, I need practical, practical advice on how to get there. You know, it's like, I, I don't even know what that means. Right. You know, it's like, I know the Lord. I feel like I'm trusting him, but, but something's not healing. Right. And so I heard about father's house and in Father's House, so just so y'all know, I, is, a, is a Bible study that Rachel and I do, just so yes. people know. Yeah. And I, I was living in Florida at the time, and Ginger started hosting one here in Franklin, Tennessee. And I was driving seven hours once a week to come to the Bible study. I mean, that's commitment. So, I mean, you wanted to get healed. You were yeah. like, I'm going to get that's a healing. Commitment. It's unbelievable you did that. I, Oh, I did. At one point, I came to one of your worship nights in Atlanta, uh-huh. I and remember. I forgot to invite Ginger. And I was like, it was an afterthought. It was <laughs> like the day, right. two days before. I was like, Ginger, oh, by the way, I'm going to see your friend <laughs> in Atlanta. That. Do you want to go? Because <laughs> I was just like, this is for me. It's uh, like, I yeah. knew this was, I was pursuing it. So I was, I just knew there was something in it. When you guys, your vulnerability and sharing your stories about your childhood, though mine looked different, there was still a, so much shame and um, so much that I really had just pushed aside and tried to yeah, just go on with my Muscle life on. and not dealing with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was not working for me. You know, mm-hmm. I was 40 something years old. I was falling apart. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, you know, Lord, I've already had a 20, you know, like a, a quarter life crisis. Do I have to have a midlife crisis too? I got a bonus so, crisis. He <laughs> <laughs> was like, when does this end? <sighs> so, anyway, so I'm, you know, I'm just pursuing Father's house with all my heart. However, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, this is, I don't get this. Like I get it, but I don't think this is for me because I was just thinking, I I love my dad. And I have, you know, when I think of my dad, I think of, you know, 
I, I do. I think of really sweet things. He's very sweet. And I, at the time, I didn't realize I just really suppressed all, all the darkness right. <laughs> from childhood. And, and even I'd said to Karen, I was like, Karen, I really want my, you know, 26 year old daughter to do this. And she's like, well, we, you know, we really recommend that you go through it and not think about who, you know, who it would be good for, but really focus on <laughs> how it might be helpful to you first. <laughs> Guys, such wisdom uh, coming from Karen. <laughs> this is about you, Melanie. So she saw right through me. <laughs> so anyway, um, so, so, you know, we, we actually had a big sort of crisis with, um, with, within our company, with one of our houses um, that I'm in real estate investment. And so anyway, I could not continue coming to, to Franklin, you know, it just wasn't realistic anymore that I could do that every single week, but I still, I kept, I still kept pursuing be still Mm -hmm. watching the videos before the podcast, Mm -hmm. watching on Instagram. And Mm -hmm. I, I would just binge and I would watch several over and over because I just felt like there's something in this for me. I would hear all of these women's redemption stories. And I'm like, okay, Lord, I know you love me the way you love them. So, so you know, why am I still so broken? Mm -hmm. And I really hit rock bottom last year. I was with Ginger and another sweet friend uh, in, in Florida. We had just had like a little girls weekend and I think I cried the whole weekend. Anytime they would ask me a question about my life, I was just the biggest blubbering baby. Mm. And, and I would go to bed at night thinking, Lord, you know, you know, Ginger specifically has been through more trauma. I feel like a harder trauma than me, but she's, she's matured in her faith. Mm. And, and I, and as far as much as I know, I shouldn't be comparing myself to others. She was such a beautiful role model to me. And I'm thinking, you know, why, why Lord, why am I this child? Mm -hmm. I am still like a teenager. Mm -hmm. I I truly have felt like for so long, a teenager. Mm -hmm. And in fact, my daughter said once when she was in her early twenties, that being raised by my husband and I was like being raised by two very mature, very responsible, or two very responsible teenagers. Wow, fascinating. that's how, you know, for her, that was a compliment because she thought we were so fun, you know, all these things. But looking back, I can see where, yeah, I probably raised her like I was a teenager, but it was like I was stuck. Stuck in time, that's right. That's what trauma does. I just, absolutely. But I just didn't see, and I didn't know how to get past it. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. And, um, over the course of last year, so first, you know, had this realization, you know, that I that I was truly stuck, mm-hmm. and and that I was like a child, and I wasn't progressing, you know, m- maturity wise. Yeah. And around that same time, I had been invited to be a part of of a project here in Nashville. Um, a beautiful British photographer named um, um, Hannah Corwin. She was putting together a book of it's a it's a um, a book of photographs, mm-hmm. portraits, and matched together with the story, th- those um, subject stories. So she invited me in, and she had known through a mutual friend that prior to giving birth to my daughter Holly at twenty six months earlier, I had had an abortion, um, and I um, I don't talk super openly about it. It's such a tough subject. Mm-hmm. Because so many women have had abortions and, mm-hmm. and you just, it's something you have to be very careful about mm-hmm. because the pain that surrounds it. 
But um, I agreed reluctantly to, to tell the story, but I was still kind of in a healing phase. Yeah. Um, over the course of last year, the Lord had been walking me through healing. I had gone through EMDR to deal with some of the trauma from my childhood. That was very helpful. And just, you know, really focusing on the books that that Be Still Ministries that you guys do your podcast had heard about, had been reading a lot, and, and just really walking with the Lord. And to be honest, abiding with the Lord is yeah. the word. I had just learned from Be Still that that I re- it was really just being with him yes was the answer yeah that presence. i couldn't do anything really to increase my faith <laughs> right. other than be with him yeah. that's right and listen to him yeah. yeah and so that was the practical piece i feel like i'd been lis- missing my whole life yeah and so i spent a, much of last year after you know coming away from that girls weekend realizing that how stuck i was mm. so i just decided you know lord i am just going to be still, <laughs> listen to you, abide with you. And sometimes that just looked like throwing myself on my bed, closing my eyes, and just using my divine imagination yes. to, to talk with him yeah. and just talk with Jesus as my friend mm-hmm. and mm. just have relationship with him, whatever mm. that looks like, mm. and to you, listen to him. Do you remember, so, Melanie, like some of the you know, what were some of the things that he was saying to you? Would he speak to you about your identity or like how, what did those conversations, um, what were they like for you? So one of the things that I feel like I kept coming back to um, is, and and this was a real, realization just a few months ago. So I'll kind of tie those, tie that in with this. In my time with abiding with him and just listening and waiting. Mm-hmm. I was driving down the road one day and this was after the photo shoot. So I got invited to do, you know, for this book and the photograph that the photographer Hannah chose for this book is absolutely stunning. Mm-hmm. And I'm staring, you know, I, I see it. Mm-hmm. And over the course of a couple of months, I'm looking at this photograph. I'm thinking, that's me. Like, Mm. that's me? Mm -hmm. And I'm so confused about why it's hitting me so hard that that was me because I looked like a woman. I looked like a 48-year-old woman. Mm. And and I'm stunned by it. I'm thinking, wow, that's me. Mm -hmm. And so one day I'm thinking this, you know, I'm kind of contemplating with the Lord. I'm like, Lord. And he said, he clearly showed me a picture of a little girl. We've all seen it. We've seen it on birthday cards. We've seen it on calendars, old calendars of the little girl who's wearing high heel shoes Mm. that are five sizes too big. Her mother's pearls, um, a dress that's just hanging off of her because it doesn't fit. And he said, Melanie, he said, that's how you've seen yourself your whole life. Mm. You've seen yourself as this little girl Mm. clunking around in adult shoes, Mm -hmm. wearing blazers and lipstick and that it doesn't fit. Mm -hmm. That's how you've seen yourself. And it was so true. It hit me so hard that my whole life I had been stumbling through never having confidence really in myself because I always saw myself as a little girl trying to figure things out. Anything that came my way Mm -hmm. in life Mm -hmm. and beautiful things have come my way. I've had 
super successful careers. I mean, it, it's been the dream of a life, but I would always say, mm-hmm. oh, it's just a fluke. Uh-huh. You know, oh, it's, you know, it's it just, there was nobody else to do the job. So the Lord chose me. It was just a fluke. Mm-hmm. I never, it never dawned on me that partnering with the Lord, you know, along the way that I actually had matured in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. and actually was very capable in a lot of ways, but I didn't see that. Mm -hmm. I would just push through to the next thing because I love Jesus and I love people, but I never, but I always did it Mm -hmm. as if it were a fluke or if just, you know, like I was this child faking it. Mm-hmm. and yeah. faking adulthood. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. And I would leave situations and I would think, I can't believe I did that. Mm-hmm. Like that, that was a fluke that that turned out well, because, you know, I'm certainly not capable of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, and so when I saw that portrait of myself, um, it just really hit me because it was during that time and I'd been processing it with the Lord that the Lord said, you know, this is how you've seen yourself. But this portrait, he said, this is how I see you. Mm-hmm. He said, I, I see this 48 year old woman who is very capable and strong mm-hmm. because the portrait was me. It's a full body side view and my eyes are closed. My hair is blowing back. And the re the, Photographer Hannah, she said she chose that because she knew much of my story. Mm -hmm. And she said, when I saw that, she said, I just saw the image of a woman that was coming out of a great storm in perfect peace. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it it was just so when I look at that now, um, it it helps me. I think the Lord provided that for me because I had this very set image for 48 years of who I was and what I looked like. Yeah. Um, and then he shows me who I really am and who I am in him. Yeah. And so we're with regard to the project and talk this book and talking about abortion. Yeah. I, at first I went into it thinking, okay, fine, I'll, I'll do this because I love women. And yeah. if this is going to help somebody, that's great. Yeah. But by the time it was published, um, and I had to do some rewrites on it. I went into it differently. I'd seen the portrait by then. I'd reconciled the little girl with the grown woman. And I went into sharing my story with, you know, not just like spaghetti, throwing spaghetti at the wall and just hoping it helps somebody, but just saying, you know what? I'm doing this with purpose uh-huh. because I have walked this road uh-huh. and I know that abortion is not the way. Mm -hmm. And I know my Lord Mm -hmm. and I know some things, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like, I went into it saying, saying the Lord has shown me some things and I'm going to speak to this with authority. I'm not just going to throw my story out there and say, you know, Oh, I hope this helps you. I'm going to go into this saying, this is going to help you because it's from the Lord. It's Mm. his testimony. It's his work. And so here it is and there's power in it. Yeah. And so I think that the entire process and just, you know, talking about the abortion, just really anything that I have to say now, I feel like I'm saying it differently. And so it, it has, it's propelled me even the last few months to, to, to go out and do some other things that I wouldn't normally do and, and, and speak with, 
more authority. Yeah. Knowing that I'm yeah. not just this, I'm not this little girl anymore that's riddled with trauma. Right. Yes. I'm not, I'm not her. Like right. this is this is me. And I've learned some things and yeah. and I love people. So we just appreciate y'all joining us and we've been referring a lot. Sometimes in our podcast you hear about this thing called Father's House. Mm-hmm. And we just know that sometimes when you hear these incredible stories from these incredible guests, you wonder, how did these people learn this? Yeah. How did they have these kind of encounters? And so we want to tell you about a resource that Rachel and I have written that is going to give you that that more, the yeah. more lifestyle. Absolutely. So you can go to fathershousestudy.com. And we have an eight-week Bible study encounter. It's just going to walk you to the journey that you've heard a lot about in these podcasts. And we want to offer you a 20% discount. And we hope that you will check it out. We think it'll change your life forever. And it'll take you on a journey that leads home. Well, I just think about, you know, it's it's that, you know, we uh, either... Our story owns us or we own our story. And what I'm hearing, you know, from you is you've owned your story and you realize, yeah, shame did hold you captive. Yes, abortion was part of your past, but he's redeemed every bit of it. And now it's being used so powerfully in your present and in other people's lives. And that is, that's the redemption part of it. And then I also think too, Melanie, about the fact that how redemptive it's been that you're getting to parent these children who lost a mom when you lost your mom. Like, you know, it's like we can't, it's so hard for us. I think, you know, we're so in our stories that it's hard to even see. No, God brought these children to you, not just for their healing, but for your healing. Right. And that's what I had to reconcile because I was so focused on the kids yeah. um, that I, I didn't realize this was for me too. Yes. And, and I think once, once I realized that and started pursuing, pursuing it as, okay, Lord, you know, this, this is for all of us. What does this look like? That's when I started really digging into seeking out help, counseling, you know, and, and it was hard, it, mm-hmm. you know, it, it was a challenge. So um, I would encourage anyone who who needs healing not to give up because yes. I would look around and I would I would listen to the stories of the you know the the ladies that would come onto your podcast and you know it felt like their healing just came overnight yeah. and I'm thinking it's taking forever oh, but gosh. you know you just have to keep pushing through because it's there it's mm-hmm. it's there for you um, but I would say you know. I'm always looking for the practical advice mm-hmm. and, and there's no magic to healing other than abiding with Jesus, mm-hmm. sitting with him. Yeah. And, and, I, and like I said, that may just mean just sitting with your eyes closed, inviting him into your day multiple times a day and just, um, just being quiet mm-hmm. and just listening and mm-hmm. paying attention to him. Yeah. I mean, that's if, if, if there's a secret, that's a secret. Yeah. There's no, there's no book good. I can write on that. <laughs> so good, Melanie. So. Melanie, how have you seen your relationship with the kids change after kind of the dam broke for you and like the healing yeah. has come in? You've learned how forgiven you are. 
you've learned your position. To me, I hear a lot of worth in your story. Like you've learned your worth as an adult daughter of a king, not a child roaming around looking for the law to tell me what to do. You're an adult daughter of a king. How has that changed your relationship with the kids? It's hard to say whether it's if I've changed or just the atmosphere has changed. We went from four kids to two, Mm -hmm. Um, but there is a lot of peace in our home. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we, we definitely still have some things. Um, sure. our 10 year old was probably the most, uh, hurt. He was five at the time. And just the way mm-hmm. things unfolded for him were different for the other kids. And mm-hmm. so he, um, definitely has some, you know, deep hurt mm-hmm. that we have to work through pretty often. Um, but I would say because I have more clarity of mind Now that I have worked through, you know, my own identity issues, Mm -hmm. I hear Mm -hmm. things differently. And Mm -hmm. last night I heard something very clear happening in my home and called it Mm -hmm. under the Lord's authority immediately. Mm -hmm. And I would say I would not have done that in the past. I would have reacted in the flesh, Mm -hmm. but last night something was said and I knew immediately yeah. that it was the enemy. I, I just, I wow. recognized everything about it and called it under the Lord's authority. And um, the entire situation did a 180. Shifted. So it. It, it, it was, it was pretty amazing. And so, so that, that is one thing where I think I have more clarity of mind yeah. because I'm not so jumbled up trying to figure out who I am, right? (laughs) you know, and, and I, I'm not saying I have it all figured out. I think it's always going to be coming back to, you know, who are you, who are you, Mm -hmm. but it's, you know, I, I see myself so differently now that instead of cowering under pressure or reacting like a teenager and getting angry, I'm not, such a big crier as much as I was as I would get angry about things and just mm-hmm. you know respond like a kid. Um, my responses finally are yeah. <laughs> I'm responding like a grown woman should respond to yeah. a situation. Well it's interesting. So we did a we did a survey like what is your pain point with God? And so did you notice how many I of them were anger? Yet. No. It was like like I'm angry in my life. I'm huh. angry with my life. Anger was a is a big emotion, and yeah. there's of course always something underneath anger. It's a secondary emotion. It's not a primary, but we make it a primary. Yeah. And so I think that's so fascinating for you. It's like you know, it's like I, I just had a vision of you in your home, like um, you know, Jesus grew in wisdom and stature, and it's like you you grew in wisdom and yeah. in stature, mm-hmm. literally in the spirit, Melanie. Yeah, through mm-hmm. abiding. You know, it's interesting because I I remember vividly Melanie going to a conference once on um, I don't even know what the what the kind of the title of it was, but I remember the guy describing how you get stuck in time, and I and I just earlier that day had said why do I act like such a child? Like I can just get, when I get triggered, I would just behave like, like literally like a teenager, like you described. And, and he explained for the first time that we can get, it's like almost like parts of us, parts of our heart gets trapped and stuck in time through trauma, woundings, whatever it is. 
and and then learning about how our father, our heavenly father, wants to reparent us. And and it sounds to me like that's what he's been doing. He's been growing you up in the spirit. And so I'd love, you know, just kind of as we wrap up, Melanie, um, what, you know, I'm just thinking about the woman who has had an abortion, who mm-hmm. does have that as part of her story that does still feel stuck and probably had some trauma in their past too. What would you, what would you want them to know as we wrap up? And then, and then I'd love for you to pray for them also. Sure. As I mentioned, it, it's it's a very touchy subject, and a lot of people have a lot of opinions. <laughs> and some of the strongest opinions about abortion come from people who have never had an abortion. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's something that um, mm. that I'm always keenly aware of. Yeah. So for me, um, I, w- I was terrified. And, and if you look at the statistics, the majority of women, especially women my age, um, the demographics are changing a little bit, um, but women my age typically would have had an abortion when they were quite young, Yes. Um, back when teen pregnancy was more common than it is today. And you know, we, we were, we were children and, and some of us, um, I was not forced into it. I I was pressured. Um, some, some people are forced into the decision and my thoughts on this are, you know, so many of us, when we ask for forgiveness for abortion, we ask over and over and over because it's just such a deep pain that we just never feel forgiven. Uh Yeah. But forgiveness it's, it's, you know, with the Lord, it's not a feeling Mm -hmm. necessarily, you know, it takes time for healing. um, But we have to understand that because you have genuinely asked for forgiveness, the Lord forgave you, forgave you the first time. Mm. So, you know, the coming back over and over, uh, asking the Lord for forgiveness is not necessary. Mm-hmm. I think that I've just talked with a lot of women, they get stuck there. Yeah, yeah. And and some women try to work their way into forgiveness. They try to do and serve mm-hmm. in order to make up mm-hmm. for this mm-hmm. horrific, sinful thing they've done. Because truly, when you have a regret that deep, um, it it does feel horrific mm-hmm. to you, probably yeah. even more greater than the people who look at it from the outside. Mm-hmm. If if you know, for those of us who regret it, um, you you know, those who haven't had an abortion, sure, you think it's horrific. You have no idea how we feel. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think yeah. it's just that letting go and understand that that truly. Mm-hmm. The Lord mourns with you. Yes. Um, he is he is not he is not out to make you suffer. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, Pay you back. You you yeah. do not have to carry it mm-hmm. your li- carry this burden mm-hmm. your entire life. You really can lay it down. Yes. And there's there's no I think for some people that I've spoken with, it feels shameful or they just feel like if they, I'm just going to be really blunt. Yeah. They feel like to lay that aside is laying that child aside. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. and it's not. Mm -hmm. It's you can still hold that baby Mm -hmm. close to your heart Mm -hmm. and mourn, but still be fully forgiven. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think it's just a very, it's a, you know, for me and just, you know, from what I've experienced, what I've talked with other women about, it's, it's just a very fine line that it's okay to accept forgiveness mm-hmm. and lay down that burden. Mm-hmm. It, it, it does not mean that you are casting that child aside yeah. or that you are hard. stuffing it away somewhere in yes. the past. Yeah. You know, it just says that, that you're moving on in forgiveness with that baby close to your heart. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. So mm-hmm. that's, I think that's what I would share. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. And Melanie. also, if you can talk to someone about it, yeah, do yeah, definitely. I I know that a lot of women carry this alone, and it's you can't and and you don't need to. Yeah. I mean, there there are just people, especially with be, within the Be Still Ministry, and just your network of friends that yeah that I've met that yeah. can be trusted with that. Yeah, and um, absolutely, please, yeah. absolutely, just and we will leave in the show notes um, a couple of ministries that walk with you. I think several of them are like thirteen weeks and. You can name your baby and there are like they walk with you with a mentor who has worked through the program themselves. My friend Katie Taylor is one of these people in Huntsville. And mm-hmm. it's so amazing what has transpired for people who have gone through, um, <clears throat> you know, healing, the deep work, the deep freedom that can come. And so, Melanie, will you just close for that girl who's like, I can't lay it down. Will you just pray for her today as she's listening? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just first want to come to you with hearts of thankfulness. We just want to thank you for your great love for us. We want to thank you that you are just waiting and yearning for us to come to you with our hearts open, with with our burdens just to lay at your feet. Lord, we just thank you so much that there's no common condemnation Mm -hmm. in you. We thank you that the sin of abortion to you is no greater than any other sin. Mm -hmm. So Lord, we just pray for (laughs) hearts to be willing to take the steps necessary to lay down the burden, mm-hmm. not the child we we love and that we look forward to holding someday, but to lay down the burden and walk in forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Lord, I pray that you would help these women realize that carrying this burden is not helpful for those around them. Lord, that it, it doesn't Carrying the burden does not, um, it, it's it's not helpful in any way whatsoever. And Lord, we just pray they would have the strength to just lay it at your feet mm-hmm. and take the first steps to find forgiveness and understand that you forgave them the first time they asked, that they don't have to keep coming back over and over and over. Mm-hmm. And Lord, we just We just pray for open hearts. We just pray for your love to pour out over these moms 
and just for deep, deep healing in an area that very few people truly understand. Mm -hmm. And we thank you that you are there and that you understand like no other. We pray it all in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Melanie. Mm. Thank you so much. Thank you for being so vulnerable and just transparent, just Mm -hmm. leading the way by example, really. Thank Mm -hmm. you so much. Love you. Thank you for all you do. You guys have just um, kept me on track for the past two years, (laughs) focusing on Jesus. So I greatly appreciate that. Oh my God, we love you so much. I just wish you lived closer. I'm like, ah, I just need to have coffee at least once. Mm -hmm. Once. I get it. So fun. I I love you, girl. Have a great day. We thank you so much. Thanks, Melanie. If you heard Melanie's story today and you are like, wow, man, I have suppressed this memory or I need healing, we are going to leave some resources in the show notes and we would just say to you, take the next step. Jesus is welcoming you into your freedom. We love you. Thank you for listening.